Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. <laughs> I'm Rob Alley. I'm JP Motor. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? man? I'm doing fantastic. I was watching this week. Have you seen the Billy Joel video where he saves the piano? Saves the piano? Okay, they're, they're throwing out this piano. Okay. So you need to watch it if you haven't seen it. So we'll watch it together here. It's, it's not like, a music video. No, no, it's on YouTube. Oh. So it's, it's out there in the world. So story, they're throwing away this piano. Billy Joel just happens to be walking by. And is like, I bet I can, you know what, and plays this like ragtime thing uh-huh. on this piano that they're throwing out. That's so awesome. So it's obviously, I don't think it's staged because the video recording is so bad. It's uh-huh. like this old lady that doesn't know how to use a camera, uh-huh. but she captures it. And it's Billy Joel wearing this weird helmet. Okay, let's take five <laughs> seconds. Everybody look it up right now and we'll come back. So we may, we don't even have to play a clip, but everybody do yourself a favor, pause, and okay. we're coming, coming right. But watch. Billy Joel, uh, I don't know, Google like Billy Joel saves piano or something and you'll find it. Okay. Not bad. Not bad, he says. Yeah, it's not bad. So anyway... I don't think it's staged. Like, I don't think, I think that's really happening. Yeah, it says it happened in July of 2020. Yeah. So anyway, I just discovered that this week and I thought that's, that's a, amazing. That's pretty cool. So I thought that's a neat way to segue one of the greatest piano players doing something into arguably one of the greatest piano riffs oh. of what I grew up on. Man, this that's is a, so true. This is a piano riff that wrote my childhood Man. pretty much. Um, yeah. Catchiest darkest tune to kickstart a sitcom like it's really <laughs> oh, catchy so true. but it's the theme is not as happy as the song makes it sound and i was thinking this is the theme song that made me actually watch the show that makes yeah. sound silly like mm. like i would have never watched a show about a bar yeah. and these this at my age this storyline had zero appeal to me yeah but i would watch episodes of this show because it followed this the- great Intro that's theme true. song. The theme hooks you in, and I know that's why you guys listen to us. You hear the turn up the that's radio right. and sing along. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta listen. I'm to hooked. This. I'm, I'm in. Let's yeah. do this thing. The rest of the show doesn't matter. But, I just wanted uh, to hear that. I mean, it's a place you can come, be yourself, eat at Three Musketeers Bar, yeah. or whatever. Just hang out with <laughs> that's us. That's right. Um, but uh, but yeah, Rob, tell them what song we're talking about and play a little of it. Something different today. We're doing a sitcom TV theme. Kaboom! And you know you love it. We know you love it. And we're going to talk about it. This is Where Everybody Knows Your Name by Gary Portnoy. (laughs) Making your way in the world today Takes everything you've got Taking a break from all your worries Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away? Beautiful. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. 
Absolute Happy perfection. Play. Perfection. Uh, that is Where Everybody Knows Your Name by Gary Poit- Portnoy. Portnoy. Uh, Poit- Poitnoy by Gary Portnoy. The Cheers theme song. The Cheers theme song. One of the biggest sitcoms of all time. Uh, one of the iconic, one of the yardsticks by which other sitcoms are measured. Um, and even certain, you know, things about the writing of the show. You know, you always talk about. It's a Sam and Diane thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's not do this Sam and Diane thing or whatever. Um, and this is one that we're going to talk a little bit like we do where we always prep the interview and such. But this is one that we'll I'll tell our listeners, make sure you hang around and listen to this interview. Yeah. I think the best part of this entire episode will be the stuff that you find in the interview with Gary, the yes. writer of this. And we, we kind of flew by the seat of our pants with Gary a little bit because there's just not a lot that we could find on him. Um, and so we just went in sort of with an open slate, which we never do. Sure. Um, but we, you know, we had a few things that we wanted to specifically ask him about, but then we just sort of, you know, let stuff go with him and he's a really funny guy, uh, and a really sweet guy. So, uh, you're going to want to listen because a a lot of the info we have on Gary, we got from our interview with Mm -hmm. Gary. So, um, you can find out along with us and we're going to talk some more about the, about the song and about the show. Um, but then most of what we learned about Gary You'll learn with us, you know, on the interview side. I do want to mention the version of this song. If you went and looked it up on Spotify or something, um, where everybody knows your name by Gary Portnoy, would not be what you just heard. Okay, it's got an extra verse. It's got another verse, um, which which we'll two we'll extra verses. Talk actually, about it. one that connects before the chorus and then one after the chorus. True. Yes. Um, and so we'll we'll play you a little bit because most of you probably never heard that. Um, but it also I played you intentionally the specific. Uh, version from the TV show because of one note, okay? And I'll, and I'll point it out to you. Let me play you um, the, his, his actual version from his 2004 album, Keeper. Yes, 2004. He didn't put this out on an album until 2004. Um, but let me play it for you. And there's one thing that's different. And I'm going to play it, JP, and see if you can tell me oh, gosh. what's different, okay? By the way, if you're listening on um, headphones, it's really cool because the verses, uh, and this is true on the TV version again, um, but um, the the verses are a single voice, right? Making mm-hmm. the way in your world today. And then when he gets to the opening line of the chorus, sometimes you want to go, it's doubled and split left and right. And you hear it sort of go to both sides of your head. But it's still the it's still like the the main vocal, you know what I mean? Feels like the main vocal, but it actually splits and goes to both ears. All right, so check it out. This is the version from his album Keeper. Love that bass. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. What's different? Oh goodness. Give me one more shot. Okay. There's a few things different, but I wanted to see if you can pick out the reason. That I chose the TV version over this. I'll, version. Li- I'll ask you to play the other one after this. <clears throat> okay, all right. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Okay, now play the other one. Okay. Hmm. 
Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. I missed it. Taking no, no, I don't know. All right, I'll play it. it one more time. It's the word got. Okay. Okay. Listen to this in connection with the lyric. Okay. Okay. And listen to the vocal delivery on the word got. And you can hear making the way, making your way in the world today, taking everything you've got out of the voice. Okay. Okay. You can hear, you can hear everything, the world taking everything away out from the voice. Okay. And just being, it's so, uh, let me play it for you. Let me just play it for you. Listen close. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Uh, okay. Do you hear the like, uh-huh. you know, the old quote, men lead lives of quiet desperation? <laughs> That's what I hear in that one syllable. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you. You feel it, the pain. Yeah. If you listen to this in the That's wrong good. moment, it will bring, it will break you up. Uh-huh. Okay. If you're, if you really had the kind of day where the world took everything you had. Yeah. Uh, and you, you'll really, I'm telling you, there's something special about that particular uh, delivery of that word. That's good. And in the, in the, in the uh, you know, iTunes version or whatever, it's a little more assured. It's mm-hmm. a little, it's just everything you've got, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just there. That is, I'm telling you, I, I can't fully explain. That is special. Okay. That's good. That is a vocal delivery and a lyric connecting in an otherworldly, supernatural kind of way. And you hear the background noise of the chatter. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. good. That's okay, good. so like that's why that's the main reason why I chose okay. that version over. I, I thought we the went album just for uh, condensing it and uh-huh. because it of flow and everything. But also that because yes, that's the version that everybody knows, and we don't have to you know edit around and whatever. Um, but uh, but that to me is is what maybe makes the whole thing elevated and special is that you really feel that line uh-huh. to me it's so that's good maybe i'm being over dramatic no, like or it. over romanticizing it or whatever but uh for me it's it's all there dude um okay so i, I want to talk a little theory are we too early Please, to talk no, some theory it. okay we're in b right. flat right we're in the key of b flat and the opening chords that we hear are beautiful and this is one of my favorite things to do with a one chord okay so the opening chord bum, ba, 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 all that is a B flat chord, and they were going right. What you hear in the in the sort of piano melody, um, and that is going to be an F over B flat. Okay, so what you would really call it chord if you were being technical would be a B major nine uh, or a B B major seven add nine. B major a, a B flat. A, a, I'm sorry, B flat. flat I don't know why I'm. So, yes, I'm sorry. A B flat major nine. Okay, mm-hmm. which means that it's got. A major seven, which is an A natural, mm-hmm. and a and a, a nine, which is a C. Okay, so what you're really getting is an F A C. Okay, an F chord over a or B flat. Five over one. A five over one. If you're, if right you're a numbers person. But the bass is still on a B flat. Okay, mm-hmm. the the root note is still on a B flat. Okay, then we get into taking a break from all your worries. Sure would help a lot. That saucy little change right there, okay? (laughs) Let's talk about that, because that is gorgeous, okay? Wouldn't you like, first of all, that melody is perfect, Uh right? Wouldn't you like to get away? It says everything, Uh you know what I mean? Even It even sings wistfully 
You know what I mean? Like you're longing to, 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 to go somewhere. Okay. Um, so what we've got there quickly is an a flat 13 sharp 11, that first chord on wouldn't you. Okay. And then on like it's a G seven to a C minor. So we're setting up a move to C minor, which is the two of the B flat. Uh Okay. And then, and then to the five. So, um, before the chorus starts, it's, so, and let me break down that A flat 13 sharp 11 chord, okay? Okay. An A flat 13 sharp 11 is the same thing as a D half diminished over A flat. Okay, so D half diminished being uh, D. Flat third, flat fifth. Flat third, flat fifth, and, and uh, what you call dominant seventh. So D, F, A flat, C. Okay. Okay, over A flat. That's a pretty chord. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. D, F, A flat, C. So that's giving you, um, of course, the A flat is in the bass. Mm-hmm. Um, the A flat 13 is the F. And then the sharp 11 uh, is going to be the D. Okay. A, a D over an A flat is like a Lydian note, a, a sharp four or a, or a, or a sharp 11. Um, okay. So that's where you're, so it's the same thing. So I'm breaking it down more and more granular. So A flat 13 sharp 11 is the same thing as a D half diminished over A flat, which is the same thing as an F minor over D over A flat. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the simplest I can make this chord. It's F A flat C. Yeah. Make an F minor chord there. Over a D. And then put a D in the bottom with your thumb. Or add a D. Or put it up top. And put it over an A flat. Put the whole thing over an A flat. Okay. Okay. So. If you think of it as a three-layer chord almost, mm-hmm. that's the simplest way I can explain it. For all of you piano players now who want to sit down and try and play it, that's really what it is. Um, I, I thought for a long time it was more simple than that, but then I started listening to the, the passing tones that he's playing in between, and he's really spelling out this beautifully complicated but perfect chord, and it really makes it sit even better. Um, you know, I, I would have just played you probably an A-flat chord mm-hmm. You know, just thinking it's A flat, G, C, no big deal. But it's it's more complicated than that, and it makes it it really gives it more of the drama that we're going for here in the lyric. So beautiful way to get to that C minor chord, and then it sets up with like a like an E flat over F, four over five kind of thing, where we're you know going to the beginning of the chorus. Sometimes you wanna go, okay, and then we get in like. The background vocals on this are so nice, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll play you. This will be from the album version, but just listen to these. They, they really set the, set the stage. And it's, it's, you get the first line, sometimes you want to go. And then the, the next thing you hear is a bunch of voices everybody. singing everybody. Well, everybody knows You walk name. into your place That's of right. recognition. Your and norm. Everybody, and everybody's there yeah. and you're, and they know your name. Yep. Check it out. Second verse. <laughs> and the rest of the song is a little funnier. Uh-huh. That's great. Come on. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Alright. And they're always glad you came. Now, I'm of course playing the version from, from the Keeper album. But on the um, you know on the the Cheers version, it's it's all solo until mm-hmm. right there, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, they just give the lifts. So the 
yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go too far and make too much out of it. Anyway, all right. A little bit on Gary Portnoy, um, and then I know you've got some stuff you want to get into. Um, he is like a career songwriter. He's you know this is just his thing. It's it's he's just a craftsman and he writes songs and that's what he does. Uh, he's got cuts from Dolly Parton, uh, the song "Say Goodnight," Air Supply, um, Fame. You remember Fame, like the the TV show? I yeah, um, you know, and uh, Punky Brewster theme song. That's right. How about that? Which just got rebooted, by yeah. the way. Do you know that? I saw I, something about that. It was Punky coming. Brewster as like a you know late thirties mom or whatever. Um, and then the Mister um, Belvedere, the Mister Belvedere yeah. theme song, which was done by Leon, Leon Redbone. Redbone. Yeah. If you play ju- the play the Leon Redbone Mister Belvedere song, um, yeah. Let's see. Just might live the good life. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know Leon Redbone, you know his voice. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm eating Captain Crunch in the floor. My parents' house right now. Streaks on the China never mattered before. Who cares? When you drop kicked your jacket as you came through the door, no one glared. But sometimes things get turned around and Sped. All hands look out below. There's a change in the status quo. Gonna need all the help that we can get. According to our new arrival, life is more than mere survival. We just might live a good life yet. And more piano hook. More piano. And how about Bob Euchre? Bob Euchre. From the Mr. Belvedere That's show. Right, Jeez, so, love that guy so much. Oh, man, we're, we're Euchre fans. Just a bit outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Leon Redbone is this dude who it was sort of purposefully hard to get to know from an informational standpoint. He sort of, he did his best to like live outside of time, and he did all this like, <laughs> weird not weird beautiful really really old school out of style music mm-hmm. um and his uh, one of his goals was just sort of to keep that kind of music alive but he made new new old music you know what i mean and he's like what i'd kind of want you know whatever right um, hey leon thanks for stopping by I mean, literally the 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 cover to leon redbone's first album was the Warner Brothers frog. The hello, my baby. Yeah. Hello, my darling. Hello, Literally, my ragtime that, guy. That was the cover to his first time because that was the kind of stuff that he did. <laughs> um, and uh, you might know him more recently from uh, his, he did the version of Baby It's Cold Outside on the Elf soundtrack um, with, um, help me, new girl. Um, Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, that, that's Leon Redbone. And he was the voice of the snowman, the sort of narrator snowman, you know, um, that in the original, like, um, uh, in the original... Rudolph? Um, Rudolph. I thought that was Burl Ives. Rudolph was Burl Ives. But in Elf, there's the talking snowman yeah, that's yeah, going yeah, through yeah, this. Yeah, that's, that's Leon Redbone okay, gotcha. in Elf. Uh-huh. So he's got this kind of, you yeah. know, that's his whole thing. And, it, and he would wear, like, big dark sunglasses and a big old mustache and Funny always hats. a hat and an overcoat, you know, and he's, like... Playing this weird like chunky chunky banjo, <laughs> you know, and he's and he was always, you know, just singing about I don't know, uh, uh, um, like uh, 
tonics and stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. just weird old, weird old stuff, but very quirky and whatever. In fact, when he passed, um, a few years ago, they said, um, the official release was funny. Like the official release, I think he had written beforehand and it was just kind of quirky and funny. And it said that he had lived to like 127, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was just weird. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a little uh, Leon Redbone from the Mr. Belvedere um, uh, theme song. Um, well, those of y'all that normally that are faithful followers, yeah. uh, we do a meet the band section yeah. where we're going to meet the band. We're going to do a different rendition. Might throw a little curveball, but yeah. play the jingle, Rob. Let's okay. do uh, our version of Meet the Band this week. Okay. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Guys, uh, this is typically where I talk about who plays what on the album. We'll talk about who plays guitar, who plays drums. But I'm going to do something different on this, uh, mainly because I had a hard time verifying all of my uh, research. So we're going to do Meet the Cast of Cheers, Um, the original cast. We're not going to include Woody or Kelsey Grammer as Fraser Crane or Christy Alley as Rebecca. But we're just going to do— How dare you? I know, right? And I'm just going to give one little bullet point, and I'm going to do it like I would do in the form of Meet the Band. Okay. It would be like— you know, so-and-so played guitar. And yeah. this, but on we go. Ted Danson as Sam Mayday Malone. Sam Malone. Mayday. Mayday. Wow, okay. Yeah. Nickname Mayday. Bartender. Relief pitcher for the Red Sox. Yeah. War number 16. Fa- uh, talks about mentioning facing Reggie Jackson, Al Kaline, yeah. playing along. Now, this is all his character. This is his character. This is, this not, is not Ted Danson. Actual Ted Danson. This, this is, is Sam, Sam Malone. Mayday Malone. Yeah. Played alongside Louis Tiant. There's a great uh, article on the Society for American Baseball Research. Saber. Si- sa- Saber. Did yeah. I say? Oh, say, thank you. Yeah. No, that's right. Society for yes, American Baseball. Yeah, yeah. like, no, Saber. Yeah. Saber. They're the Saber, ones who do yeah. all the, if you've ever heard of Saber metrics, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, Moneyball, that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. It's, yeah. Um, 67 episodes are referenced in this, and they go back and they give all kinds of stats. So I could listen. Cool. It's worth the look. Like I picked they've out a compiled couple, Sam Malone. They've compiled stats. Sam Malone facts, stats, okay. different things. So please go back and look at it. It's That's awesome. awesome. I will. Um, Shelley Long is Diane Chambers. Uh, Rob mentioned uh, the Sam and Diane thing. Yeah. Uh, 84 through 85, she was pregnant, and she filmed all of her scenes standing behind the bar. Oh, okay. So they were going to yeah. write in her as being pregnant, but then that the writers. We're going back and forth, and they're like, yep. "Let's just let's just position her." Common thing, so, yeah. They'll they'll hide him behind somebody, or they'll have him sitting and, down, yeah. holding things, carrying yep. boxes, whatever. So eighty four to eighty five. See if you notice that when you're watching watching back through. Uh, Nicholas Colasanto as Cur- Coach Ernie Pantuso. Yeah. Uh, listens to other people's problems. So in the middle of the eighty five season, he actually passed away. Whoops. He di- so they had to die him off in the show. And I was thinking, I wonder how many things that have been recorded when you're in the middle of something. And and you lose a character. Yeah. I wonder how often that is or how frequent. Um, I, I know the most recent that I can think of is the Paul Walker thing with the sure. Fast and the Furious where yeah, they had yeah, his brother yeah. come in and do things like that. But yeah. um surprised I don't hear more common, more more things of that. Um, Rhea Perlman um, as Carla Tortelli. Four kids as the show aired. So she came in with four kids. And over the course of the show, she added four more. Wow. So eight kids. She's the flirt. Uh, married Eddie LeBlanc, who became a penguin mascot for an <laughs> ice hockey team. And he died in an ice resurface accident. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, Carla. And in real life, uh, Rhea Perlman is married to Danny DeVito. There you go. Yeah. yeah there you go. Another Power hit. couple. There we go. With Very short. Odd voice couple there. Yeah. 
Uh, George Went as Norm Peterson. Norm. Norm was supposed to just be a minor role in the pilot, but everyone loved him. Um, was o- only supposed to have one word in the whole thing, which wow. was just beer. Um, <laughs> his name is Hillary Norman Peterson. Is okay. his full name? They talk Hillary. About. Hillary. Okay. It's a, there's an episode that talks about that. Lifelong Celtics fans. Plenty of sports references. I think we'll go ahead and tie it into the Norm lines here. So I had the thing on Norm lines. So this seems like a good point. As he enters, everyone yells, as Rob did. Yeah. You know, Norm. Norm, because he's a Normal guy. Exactly. That's his whole thing is he is norm. Norm. He's normal. Uh, And followed by the bartender, whoever's there at the time, question, what are you up to, Norm? And he would follow it up with some little thing. It's kind of like us at the beginning, right? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. What are you up to, Norm? My ideal weight if I was 10 foot tall. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sam, how's life been treating you, Norm? Uh, Like a baby treats a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a dog eat dog word and I, world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. <laughs> that kind oh of my stuff. gosh! Uh, classic Norm. It's basically like, honestly, if you think about it, tying it back to the song, Norm is sort of the protagonist of the song. Yeah, right? this is Norm. This is his story. Song. That's good. You know, he's yeah. been treated like he's wearing milk bone underwear. That's good. Like a baby treats a diaper. And he's not even in the cover of the original Cheers. Like if you look up Cheers mm. theme song by mm. this, you know it's Ted Dance and Shelly. Norm's not even in the picture. Interesting. So, but he became you know a staple in this. Um, so George went as Norm Peterson. Uh, John Ratzenberger as Cliff. Uh, Kevin, the postman, uh, spouts out pointless trivia and brags about being on Jeopardy. And I saved him for the end because what a great way to segue into Let's Play Stump the Genius. I see what you did there. There we go. Let's do Stump the Genius. I like it. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right. We're going to do Stump the Genius. Uh, those of y'all, we started this back a season ago. Um, I think it was a season ago. It feels Something like, like for, with uh, Rupert Holmes episode. So we do these things where come up with these games. We play games. Uh, y'all seem to love the games, and we love the games. We do. Yeah. So we're gonna keep going. If y'all, I like don't. getting pounded every week. Rob has been killing it. Actually, he went four for five the past two weeks. Two? Yeah, Rob, and he's coming in each time with, "Oh, I'm gonna suck at this," and he's killed it. Yeah. So we're gonna do. Okay, Cheers aired from 1982 to May, September 82. To May of 93. So yeah. I'm going to give you It was that. over 200 episodes. Yeah. So, I remember they did a big special when it hit 200 episodes. Yeah. So uh, 82, September 82 to May 1983. Okay. 11 years. Wait, 1993, yeah. Or yeah. 1993, thank you. So I'm going to give you an event in history. Okay. And you're going to say this either happened while Cheers ran. Oh, okay. Or either before or, before or after. after. You don't have to say before okay. or after. You can just say just like- During Cheers. During Cheers or, or okay. false, not okay. during okay. Cheers. Okay. Chuck Woolery was still hosting the Wheel of Fortune. Oh, oh, um, oh. He hosted uh, pre-Pat Sajak. So, okay. okay, Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery. Okay, well, I don't have memory in my lifetime of Chuck Woolery as the host of Wheel of Fortune. I was born in 81, so I'm not saying I remember, like, you know, <laughs> 1982 Wheel of Fortune episodes. However, I'm going to say... Not during Cheers. Not during Bam. Cheers. September 81. Rob okay. out the gates with one. Nicely done. Weird Al. This is a problem. Oh, I'm going to know this. Makes his first TV appearance on The Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder when he sings Another One Rides the Bus. That's before Cheers. That is before Cheers. Yeah. Barely. April 81. I was going to say, Nicely that's really done. close. Really Nicely close. Done. Two for two. Drew Barrymore becomes the youngest Saturday Night Live guest host at age seven. That's during Cheers. That is during yeah. Cheers, okay. November of 82. Rob, three for three. Killing it. Yeah. 
that was 82? 82. Wow. November of 82. She's is that old. when E.T. came out? It would have been around that time. Yeah. Wow. Early 80s. Okay. The Simpsons 100th episode airs on Fox. Oh, snap. 100th episode now. 100th Hadn't happened episode. yet. That's after Cheers. That is after Cheers. Boom. April 94. Rob. Okay, yeah. so he's been four for four consistently and then missed it on the last it's one. True. I think. So let's see if he can <laughs> let's see if he can finish it on. I hope okay. you guys at home are doing well. The History Channel is launched. Oh, snap. 93. The History Channel. Ooh. And he go five for Man, five. Man, that's hard. That's tough. I'm trying to think about the state of like cable <laughs> television TV in 1993. Are you pushing the box or are you clicking it on the clicker? Oh man, I don't have a real grasp for that. I'm gonna say it feels like to me 1993. The History Channel existed. I'm gonna say dear. Oh, he was so close. Four. He is consistently four or five. Dang it! January '95. Yeah. Uh, great job, nonetheless. Eighty percent. <laughs> Rob is an eighty percent guy. Lately. We want to hear how you guys are doing at home. I know a lot of y'all text me. Uh, those of y'all that have my number and are friends, how you're doing uh, with the stuff the genius each week. Golly. Y'all message us uh, how well you're doing and which games you like and which facts you learn and all Man. that. So I hope you guys are enjoying. That. I can't believe that. Okay, all right. It's a good job, though. It's like, I I promise, we're not planning this for me to bomb the fifth question. No, 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 it's just happening. It's just just happening. That's so funny. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the role of a sitcom theme. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Um, And we've we've kind of done this already, but, but thinking about, and I think Gary talks a little bit about this, too, the difficulty of writing a sitcom theme um, is that it has to be short. It has to tell the story mm-hmm. that sets up the show. Yep. And it has to fit thematically and sort of emotionally with the feel of, of the show. You yep. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it has to very succinctly uh, do a lot of work. In a little time. In a very little time. And it's one of those things where the opening notes and the opening line are of utmost importance, you know? Um, and so... Uh, some of the best ones um, are so, some of the ones that have done that super well, the ones that grab you right away. And, and then also, if it's catchy, you know what I mean? Then it makes you remember, right? If you get it stuck in your head, you're more likely to go back and watch the show. That's it's true. like why you yeah, watch but, Cheers. Yeah, part right? of why, why I watch some Cheers. I mean, the homes we grew up in, I don't think if it had been the theme song, if, if, if it hadn't been for the theme song, and we just said to our parents, hey, can I hey, watch a show about a bar? About a bar? Nah, yeah, yeah, forget exactly. that. But it's the theme song. It's, it's on public television. It's Who where cares? Every, yeah. It's where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Everybody's comfortable. We're yeah. all friends yeah, and, you know, whatever. We're all going through our problems together. <laughs> um, whereas if we'd have been like, mom, can I watch a show where everybody drinks and talks about their, <laughs> talks about their problems? That's right. And they'd be like, no. Sleeps around. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, talking about? Yeah. But, oh, it's cheers, uh-huh. you know? Um, so I, I found a, a list, and I don't know that. The best, the the most reputable place I could find this list was Cosmo. So I, you know, I don't know really <laughs> Rob how reads official a lot of is, co- reads a lot of Cosmo. Yeah, but uh, but this was a a, a a compilation sort of of the greatest TV themes, okay. according to Cosmopolitan. Sure. Okay, I'll run down a few of them. There's there's quite a few, but um, what comes to your mind when I say greatest TV themes? What see? What's I, the first couple of things that come to your I mind? I mean, obviously the Friends theme. Sure, that's uh, number that's. The top of the list. The ones I think would probably not be on the list because it's like the Andy Griffith show because okay. of the whistling on that. Uh-huh. Gilligan's Island is on mine. Okay, yeah. Uh, with the sit right back in your hair tail. I think yeah. that's a good first line. Um, yeah, solid. Those are, those are some that, okay. that stick out. I'll go. The, the first one that they mention is Friends. Okay. okay. And then The Office. Oh, okay. yeah. You, that'll get stuck in your head yeah. for sure. No words to that one. Mm-hmm. It's all the music. 
uh, Fresh Prince, which is oh, yeah. almost kind of a cheat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's basically it's just, just like, a Will Smith song. Yeah. So you can't go wrong there. Uh, we've talked about these before. Full House, Family Matters. Absolutely. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, duh. All the stuff that for the soundtrack of my childhood. Anything yeah, on TGIF. Yeah, right. We TGIF. About it on all the, all uh, that stuff. You guys, check out uh, Dave's Five Hot Takes, which is another thing. But we talk about... Uh, we talk about yeah the soundtrack to your the childhood. soundtrack to my childhood that's on right, OPM, yeah. so um, reference there. the Jeffersons I mean oh, yeah moving yeah. on up moving you know. on up to the east side yep mm-hmm, to the east side the Simpsons uh-huh. um, the Gilmore Girls which is actually I don't know that one okay I, I don't either but it's I, I've seen the Gilmore Girls but I don't I can't just recall the theme song okay so I, that may be more of a, a Cosmo, Cosmo readers yeah. yeah okay so but it's but that that song is actually where you lead by Carol King um, and the version that's on Gilmore Girls was that song re-recorded by Carol King's daughter, Louise Goffin. That's pretty cool. Okay, there you go. Uh, who has a music podcast of her own, a couple of them, so you check those out if you want to. Uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, yeah. which is recent, but it is, it's, very, it's a very memorable, fun you know, theme song and, and fits the show very well. Mad Men, I don't know it. Uh, Living Single, you remember the theme song, Living Single? I can't pull it out of the top of my head. I used to watch Living Single, but I was little. Um, Dawson's Creek, yeah, had a absolutely. great one. Paula and Cole. that's more, some of these are just like songs mm-hmm. that got used they weren't written for the show. Like the Rembrandt song. Like the like Cheers it. was, okay? But like the Cheers was. You hear that? <laughs> How about that? Um, but uh, then you got stuff like Game of, Tr- Game of Thrones, uh, Law and Order. Mm-hmm. You got that's of course. Dun, 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 dun. Have you seen the thing of the, uh, you haven't because you don't do the internet, but <laughs> there's, a, there's a TikTok of a guy um, being like, this was the band during the making of the Law and Order theme song, right? And uh-huh. it's, and it's like shows a guy on the base and they're looking around like at each other like with stank faces like, dude we are killing like this is you know what i mean guys on keys like yeah it's awesome dude because it's like you know they knew when they were recording that 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 was an absolute banger yeah. the law and order theme song the way the rob sang the law and order theme which i knew and knew where it was go it reminded me so much of low rider by war oh sure burr, 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 burr. yeah just raise it an octave kind of and yeah. yeah uh so then you got some others like game of thrones um, Sex in the City, um, but and then the very last one on the list is Cheers because it's the I think it's the most obvious. This is probably the greatest TV theme song of all time. Could be right. Yeah. I mean, some of those TGIF ones are in the running, mm-hmm. but I think if there's one TV theme song, maybe the Friends, maybe um, the Friends. I said it like the, the fr- Friends. The Friends was the name of the show. <laughs> maybe the Friends theme song uh-huh. uh, is maybe more more known now because there are more younger people who grew up on it than mm-hmm. who grew up on Cheers. You know what I mean? That's probably a generational choice, uh-huh. right? A toss-up there. Um, so after that, I got into looking into some major TV theme writers. I wanted to know okay. who are the people who really sort of majored in writing TV themes. So I found a few of the like major players who have written a bunch, okay? Um, and I wanted to know because we talked about Gary Portnoy also wrote the, thie- the, 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 the theme to Punky Brewster, Mr. Belvedere. So I wanted to know some more Gary Portnoy's out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so check it out. I got a few of these. Charles Fox. He wrote the theme song to Happy Days, okay. Laverne and Shirley, The Love Boat, Wonder Woman, To Holy Tell cow. the Truth, Paper Chase, and Angie. Okay, that's seven. Goodness um, gracious. Earl Hagen wrote the Andy Griffith uh, theme song, the Dick Van Dyke, Gomer Pyle, uh, USMC, I Spy, Mod Squad, The Danny Thomas Show, and more. Okay, gracious. and that's sort of a, a previous generation, right? Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones wrote Sanford and Son. <laughs> right, gotta love that. Ironside, 
Bill Cosby Show, one one of the several. There were several Bill Cosby Show, um, you know, themes. Um, and he wrote. He also wrote uh, the theme for Now You See It. Quincy Jones, of course, has done everything you can possibly do in the music industry. Uh, Henry Mancini, a name I didn't really expect to see on this list, uh-huh. but Henry Mancini, of course, wrote the theme song to the Pink Panther. Right. But he also wrote the theme to Remington Steel. He wrote the Peter Gunn theme. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, Newhart. Yeah, Bob and, Newhart. Yeah, wow. and he wrote the theme to the Sunday Mystery Movie series. I don't know that one. Uh, I don't either. Okay, but it's you know like the Sunday night mystery uh-huh. movie thing. Um, okay, Stu Phillips wrote the original Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers, Knight Rider, and Quincy Me. Okay, all right, that's that's pretty solid. Knight Tell Rider. me, Jesse Frederick made the list. Hey, I, Jesse Frederick's is not on here, but okay. we have, we have talked on him. Yes, uh, because he, he wrote, wrote Full, Full House, House, Family Matters, Family Matters, yeah. Step by Step. So yeah. perfect so, strangers. This is this is only people that had done like maybe five or more that that I that, okay. that I was able to find. So uh, Night Rider dude is an all time mm-hmm. banger. It's like the techno version of the High Women. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I just saw Rob posted uh, the David Hasselhoff video. Oh my gosh! Yes, so from uh, from Kung Fury. Yeah, y'all. Seriously, I lost my mind over that thing. Um, and then you've got uh, check this out. Let's see. Mike Post. Here's a, here's a list for you, okay? Mike Post wrote the themes for Black Sheep Squadron, Doogie Howser. Okay. Hill Street. I love the Doogie Howser. I know, yeah? Right? Beep, beep, boom, boom, beep, boom, boom, beep. Right? You can still sing them all. And when's the last time you watched Doogie Howser? Exactly. But you can still sing. Uh, Hill Street Blues, which was a mm-hmm. killer. That's okay. Good. Law and Order, Magnum P.I., ah, Quantum yeah. Leap, The A-Team, oh, man. The Rockford Files, Hunter, and L.A. Law. Okay, yeah. I mean, Mike Post yeah. killing the game, yeah, yeah. okay? And then the last one is kind of funny. Pete Townsend of, really? the of The Who. Okay? This is kind of, he kind of backdoored Somehow his way into this category. when you said Magnum P.I., I grew a mustache <laughs> while sitting here. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Pete Townsend of The Who kind of backdoored himself into okay. this category because technically he wrote the theme songs for CSI, CSI Miami, CSI New York, CSI Cyber, <laughs> like- all songs by the Who. The Who songs, okay, they yeah. all use "Won't Get Fooled Again," yeah. uh, "Who Are You," yeah. all these, you know, the, the Who songs. So technically, That's Pete fun. Townsend belongs on this list as well. That's cool. You got anything else on Not the good. song? On Cheers? This has been fun. Sam and Diane. And, and again, another back, uh, another um, non-traditional episode back to back. Yeah. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed uh, a little outside the norm. And this is <laughs> an interesting segue into the next few episodes that exactly. we're going to get into. Next month, we're actually kicking off movie month uh, where we're going to do four songs that are great songs from movies that we love, that we love both the movies and the songs. Correct. Uh, And and we'll be talking to the artists and creators behind those as well. So it's going to be really fun, kind of a thematic month. We did 90s Madness earlier this season, uh, and we decided, you know what, let's just let's give some love to some movie songs that we love. So uh, we got some great ones coming up, um, you know, uh, on that, too. So. And, and has anybody ever done, we may have to take this upon ourselves, has anybody ever done a parody of Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp about Sam and Diane oh, from man. Cheers? We should. It's the right time period uh-huh. for both. 80s, you know? yeah. It should have been like easily done, but I don't know if anybody's ever dared to do it. We uh-huh. might have to just make that, you know, make that our own thing and, and uh, see if we can achieve some sort of viral fame <laughs> status. I don't know. Don't forget to connect with us on socials. You can find us everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at GreatSongPod. Uh, GreatSongPodcast.com for all your needs. You can get yourself a t-shirt there. You can also click on the Patreon uh, page 
And you can go to patreon.com slash great song pod. If you'd like to go the extra step and support the show and help us, uh, you know, be a part of making it and you can get yourself some early access to episodes, bonus material, um, extended interviews and more all available at patreon.com slash great song pod. We're going to kick it now to our interview with Gary Portnoy, and we'll be back after the interview to say goodnight, tuck you in, and uh, say your prayers. All right, bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Gary Portnoy, <laughs> writer of the Cheers theme song, and you know what? A lot more. A lot more uh, stuff, more that, than just that, guys. That I didn't even realize until we started researching, so I'm excited. Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real treat sure. to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So... Typically, what we do is I like to do a lot of well, we we both do a lot of research, and and then we bring a a, a list of questions um, to an interview that we go, okay, this is you know here's our first ten questions, and we'll sort of you know these are the things that we know for sure we want to ask, but sure. I, but but what I want to do with you because I just felt like this would be more interesting, I would just love to hear from you the story you know kind of start to finish of of you getting uh, contacted, uh, you know, commissioned yeah. to do the cheers theme song on through the, the release of it and, and kind of how the whole thing went and what, and let, let's start there. But how long is your show though? <laughs> We've got as long as you need. Yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was, uh, um, my goodness. Well, I was, um, my, my co-writer, Judy Hardy Angelo and I were working on a musical, um, hopefully a Broadway musical. And um, we had done some demos of the, of the soundtrack, of the, not the soundtrack, the score for the show. And um, I guess the producers are, were sending it around to people trying to get backers for the show by hoping they would like the score and invest in the show. And um, through some quirk of fate, somebody's friends, brothers, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, whatever, <laughs> we got a call one day from Glenn and Les Charles who were TV writers and producers at, at that time, I guess their biggest credit was taxi. They had done the show taxi mm -hmm. and they said, we're, we have a new show that's coming on NBC in the fall. It's called cheers. And, uh, you've written our theme song for us already. Huh. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're young and you're struggling and you're, and you don't get a call like that every day. Yeah. So we were just, you know, excited beyond belief and soon we found out we couldn't give them the song because it was contractually tied to the Broadway musical oh. and it was the and it was the opening number and the producers wouldn't let us take it away so oh, we had to go back goodness. we had to go back to the cheers people and say um you can't have the song but we'll write you another one well let us write you another oh, right. one right <laughs> you know but I got, you know, it was really, we wrote another one and it was promptly uh, rejected. And it was, you know, it's very depressing to have something like that fall into your lap and have to turn it down. Yeah. Now to kind so, of, to kind of stop real quick right there for our yeah. listeners, was the first one you wrote, was that People Like Us or was that Mine Kind of People or Another Day? Uh, Which well, one was People that? Like Us was the song that was in the musical show. Okay. okay. That's okay. the one, that's the one they wanted to be the Cheers theme. And now if you listen to it, you'd go, huh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, what? But... That was that was whatever. That's you know they wanted to rewrite the words and and uh, so then we wrote that song called My Kind of People, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a takeoff on people like us. Mm -hmm. And uh, that they just said, don't try and copy 
the song that's history, just do what you feel. So then we wrote this song called Another Day, which is, it's a nice, it's a nice little song. And, um, but they turned it down. They liked one of the, there was a line in it. Um, there are times when it's fun to take the long way home. And they liked that and, and said, see if you can get that in, in another song, but we couldn't. But, but anyway, so then we wrote, we sat down to write another song and we were really losing hope because, um, up until this point, I think we were the only ones working on it. They, for whatever reason, they heard something in our writing that they thought was a match for their show. And um, considering it started with like a tap dancing Broadway tune, I don't know what they heard, but <laughs> they were really, you know, thank goodness they stuck with us. And then I think the whatever the next song we we stumbled on, stumbled on, but we <laughs> came to us was. Um, where everybody knows your name. I've, I've forgotten how many months or weeks this all took, but it was very, very long and disheartening. It just kept going on and on. And we thought at some point it's gone, you know? And, uh, so then, so we, uh, we sent them where everybody knows your name and, um, they loved it. So that was, you know, um, like a huge sigh of relief, but they had to clear it with the network and they felt that, um, it had different lyrics, you know, the first verse was different. Mm -hmm. I, I, I actually still prefer them to this day. Okay. It was, uh, it was singing the blues when the Red Sox lose. It's a crisis in your life on the run. Cause all your girlfriends want to be your wife <laughs> and the laundry tickets in the wash. I mean, I, we love them, but needless to say, we, <laughs> we booked studio time and we were working in it in the cab downtown to change what they, they wanted something generic or general. They felt their show was going to run forever. I guess they were right, but kinda, yeah. <laughs> I guess they were kind of right, but they, they wanted something more universal, uh -huh. not about Sam or about Boston or the, you know, we tried to change Red Sox to home teams. I thought that okay. would do it for them, but, but it didn't, it didn't. No. Are you a Red Sox Every, fan? Are you a baseball fan at all? Or was that simply for the lyric of the Bostonness? That was strictly for Sam Malone, you know. Okay, because okay. me and Rob because are I was a fans. base fan, but now I don't know one player from season to season, so I gave up. You know, when I was a kid, not to digress or anything. No, please. But we when I was a bars. kid, when I was a kid and I was a Yankees fan, you had your team. You had Marison Mantle and Joe Pepitone and yeah. Bobby Richardson, and you had Elston Howard, and you had them year after year after year. And now you could be a Yankees fan in one year and the next year the whole core of the team is is gone what well, look all sports right yeah. so anyway i'm not a baseball fan anymore but, but that's I was team money can buy right the yankees that's, that's right that's yeah. you go. Well, me and robert braves yeah. fans i've been to every major league baseball park huge huge baseball oh my fan God. when did you yeah. stop being a yankee fan was it like reggie jackson era or did you go further to like don yeah. mattingly and winfield I got, or did you get I, to Jeter? you know what for me the day thurman munson died okay mm. that's a great that was name the day that was the day the music died. Because <laughs> That's good. He was that. Good that was it for me. That was it for me. You know, and and I, I guess that was 1978. So after that, I just, I, you know, but but to this day, you know, you still have your sense sense of sensitivity. So <clears throat> writing a song about the Red Sox was not exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, that that must hurt you being a Yankee. But guy. you got to do the work, you know. So <laughs> got to pay the bills. Okay, continue. So sorry, anyway. sorry for the baseball sidebar. No, please. no, I'm. I, yeah. So anyway, that's so we we you know we gave them their new lyric, and uh, their generic, uh, universal lyric that 
hopefully everybody could relate to. And, um, and we were off and running. They, they accepted the song and, uh, I don't remember, but then there was a while to wait for the network because it was an unusual TV theme in that it was just a solo piano and a solo vocal, and it was kind of a little bit sad at the beginning. and yeah, a little, it's a little somber. Yeah, and not usually what you would... But, you know, you know all kudos to the Charles brothers. You know, they cast their show with all unknown actors because they believed in them, and they went with unknown songwriters because they liked what they heard, and they picked a song that would... Normally, you would not submit to the network as a TV theme for a sitcom. But um, I guess they made their case because the network accepted it. And then we waited months and months and months and months and months, uh, found out they were having backstage battles over who was going to sing it. Uh-huh. Because uh, I don't know if it was the network. I, you know, There were people who felt because everything about the show was unknown, uh-huh. that it might be good to get somebody famous to sing it. And uh, for all I know, they tried. And then there were other people who who liked the demo that I did in New York and just wanted to, you know. So it wasn't until, like, I don't know, sometime in August, yeah, August, uh, very close to when the show was going to come on, that I got a call and said, you have to come out and record it. So that's what... Uh, you know, next thing I know, I was on the plane going out there to record it, and um, then the show—you know—then the show was off and running. And and you have the, the catchphrase rest- for the one of the biggest shows ever. I mean, where everybody knows <laughs> yeah. you is the Cheers catchphrase. Yeah. I mean, that's the, yes. that's the line. Yeah, wow. yeah, it it worked out that yeah, it worked out that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know thing. what? I'm I'm so glad that you ended up singing it. Because yeah. even as a kid, I mean, I was a young kid when Cheers was like really in its yeah. in its stride. And yeah, even as a kid, yeah. I thought um, on the on the the first line, I guess uh, you know, making your way in the world today yeah, takes everything yeah. you've got. On the word yeah. "got," your voice yeah. like gives a little bit, yeah. you know, yeah. and it has yeah. this. Even as a kid, I recognized that pulled me into the song so tough, much. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it was it was very yeah. just that one syllable was very yeah. emotional. And I always just love oh, that. Dang. And I'll tell you that yeah. li- that line is so uh, important today. Wow! Like if you could take one line from the '80s of a theme song and say, "Yeah, 2020, what do you <laughs> yeah. cap?" And that's that's the line. That's it. Yeah. You know, I I I did I I don't know if you saw it. I did a I never I never ever <laughs> do anything, but I uh, I recorded it on uh, YouTube. Uh, for quarantine, I said, I said, you know, I'm singing the Cheers theme in quarantine, and I put it on, um, I put it on YouTube because I was feeling something about that song, and now when people were saying to me that the song was like was breaking at any time they heard it, it was breaking them because it was resonating, yeah. you know, because you can't get together with it, you know. So I went on, you know, even though now I'm old and bald and gray and ugly, I went on <laughs> YouTube. And I recorded it, and I'm I'm really I'm so glad I did. You know, there are there are comments under it that are just like the two that you just said, and uh, it, it you know sometimes you have to motivate yourself to get out of your comfort zone, which which is what I did. But but yeah, I, I was also going to say I think it's always um, not I mean not always, but you know when a songwriter sings their own song, even if they're not the greatest singer in the world, there's always something for me that nobody else gets. Yeah, yeah, it's good and. You know, I just so I was really happy that I got a chance to emote like that to to uh, you know because I oh I do always sing that line like that 
on you know and on that particular word for whatever reason and so i'm glad i'm glad it got to be presented to the world that way because i've learned from having other people record my songs that they accent different syllables you know what i mean sure you know there is something about the person who brought it to life um presenting it to the world so suffice it to say i've been really happy over the years that i that i got to sing it We'll ask you just one or two things about Cheers, and then we'll move on from there because you've got yeah. so much more that I want to talk about. I wrote down some questions. I still did oh. my, my prep and, and went <laughs> dig, dig deep on the, the, Gary, the Gary Portnoy story. Um, <laughs> did you get to meet any of the cast? Did you get to meet Ted Danson or Shelley Long or George Wendt or any of them, Christy Alley? Did you get to meet any um, of them? Yes. I. We didn't hang, and we're not friends, but <laughs> I, I, when, I, when I went out to record the song, they were having a party at the Cheers bar. Now, this is six weeks before Cheers was ever on the air. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So they were having a party at the Cheers bar for the, for the NBC Thursday night lineup at the time. So it was fame. It was going to be fame. There was no Cosby. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. It was fame, taxi, Cheers, Hill Street Blues. That tells you how long oh, ago man. that was. Oh, okay. man. And, and so I'm, I was there at the bar. Was the, and uh, all of a sudden, just everybody from all four shows just started coming in. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, actors, they, they find where the camera is, they find where the light is and they kind of <laughs> grab, I don't mean to care, but anyway, there's a guy standing in the corner in a corduroy sport jacket, like hiding in the corner. And I went, it was Ted Danson. That's awesome. And so, you know, I talked to him a very little bit and then I spent most of the evening with the people from fame because I, I had already written for their show some songs, but I had never met them. So, um, I had a little bit of a connection to them. So that was my first meeting with uh, Cheers people. Um, then Ted Danson is Sam Malone, for those of you guys yes. that only know Cheers. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know, I keep forgetting how how old I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's, he's, he's more nowadays, he's more... Uh, uh, what's the show that just yeah, got from the good Michael place. from The Good Place? Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Now they know. But, uh, and, th- and then I, when, when we got nominated for an Emmy Award, I... I met them briefly uh, there, um, and then there were some cheers parties, you know, to celebrate the 200th episode and the final episode. Uh, we did, we all did the Tonight Show together. But they, these were just passing. The, the only conversation I ever had at great length was uh, I went out to do the TV Land Awards when they were honoring Cheers in 2006, and I opened the show off key. I might add, really <laughs> off key. You know, I'm not used to performing live. And I heard everything great in rehearsal because the room was empty. All of a sudden, the room is full, and I can't hear the monitor. Oh, mm. talk about panic. But in the green room before that show, I went up to Shelley Long because she's taken a lot of crap over the years for leaving that mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And I went up to her, and I said, you know, I introduced myself. Now, of course, it's 20 years later. And I said, you know, I just want to tell you that I think you carried the show for five years you know, I said in sitcoms, it takes a lot of time for people to find their character sometimes. I said, but you had Diane nailed from your, the, your first entrance in that bar and you gave everybody else time to find their character because you were so spot on. And That's she was, amazing. I love that line. Gave yeah. them time to find their character. I've never heard yeah. that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Like if you watch some sitcoms, hit shows, but you watch the first shows, like Ted Baxter and the Mary, it takes them time to find their character. Yeah, that's so. Good. Anyway, and she she said, you know, maybe it's so funny, but she was saying, well, you know, I, 
I, and I said, I'm so tired of hearing how difficult you were to work with. I, I, I said, I was at one rehearsal the day I recorded the theme, and she held up the rehearsal for 45 minutes because there was a line there that she didn't think Diane would say. And the other actors were getting really, really pissed because they wanted to go to lunch, and she wouldn't leave the set until the writers made, made it feel honest for her. Mm. And I, I related this story to her, and she said, well, you know, looking back, I, I probably could have been a little easier to work with, and, you know, and, you know... She was having second thoughts, and I just, I just needed to tell her that whatever decision she made, I really think she carried the show, you know. And that's really the longest conversation I ever had with with any of them, because I always tell people I only worked on that show for one day. They worked on it for yeah. eleven years. I flew out. I recorded the theme, and that was it. Well, I you just, made your moment count. I'm sure that resonated with her, so. and I'm sure she probably still remembers that's that. That's true. Yeah. I hope so. That was that was that was wonderful. Well, She's become a, go ahead. A little bit of a sad figure. Go ahead. Yeah. No. The um. But you did more than just Cheers. So yeah. I don't want our listeners to think that that's the only even theme song yeah. that you did. Punky Brewster's theme song. Every time I turn <laughs> around, Mr. Belvedere theme song, which is. As complete yeah. opposite of uh, yeah. Cheers with the brass section and everything. Now, do you play tuba or trombone or what? Do you? Are you just no? Here? Are you just like no. this song needs Leon Redbone and that and just might live the good life? Yeah, that was a nightmare. Really? really? Oh, tell wow. us. Okay. What I remember about that was, oh gosh, the producers. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they liked the, they liked it, but they were huge fans of Leon Redbone, so they were they. From what I understood, he did not want to sing that song. Really, okay. he was not comfortable. From I, I, look, may he rest in peace. I don't want to put words in his mouth. Sure. But, but I got a call that he was in. They, they, that he was actually in New York recording it, and uh, it wasn't happening. So they asked me to show up at the session. You know how people love having strangers show up at their recording <laughs> sessions, <laughs> telling sure. them what they're doing wrong. Notes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I walked in, and there's Leon Redbone. And there's this whole band. Luckily, I knew the drummer, but I knew nobody else. And my job was to save this TV theme. Wow. And I, I, oh, I sang it for him a few times in his ear. He had a cold. It, it was just everything. And then the, um, it, 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 was, it was a very trying day. And then they did a mix, and all you could hear was the horns and... I called his manager up and I said, listen, you got to get those horns down. They are so loud that this is never going to fly. And um, so they did two mixes. They got the horns down and, um, <laughs> and they went with it. But I, I really felt that, that that particular day, it was all going to go down the toilet if, um, if, I, you know, if I hadn't been able to, uh, to get there. It, it just, for whatever reason, it, it, it wasn't a comfortable fit. For well, him. Well, you saved the day. I don't remember much about Mr. Belvedere. I watched yeah. it growing up, but I remember two things. I remember Bob Euchre yeah. being on there yep. because, A, I'm a yeah. baseball fan. And, yes. and I remember the theme song, like, You're Going to Live the yep. Good Life. That, yeah. that's the, those are yes. the things that He's I remember yeah. from Mr. Belvedere. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, glad, it, I'm glad it ran. <laughs> and, and like for like five years or something, which yeah. is really unexpected. Yeah. Hung around. But I, I'm just glad, you know, I, I felt like we were like a day away from. Bye bye. <laughs> from not from not living the good life. So right, exactly. But from but um, uh, I had an interesting experience yesterday. I sound like I'm doing interviews all the time. I haven't done one in years. Really? Oh, yesterday, oh, man, we're honored. That's yeah. great. Yesterday, I did one with a guy in Paris, and 
all he wanted to know about was Punky Brewster. It turns out really? that Cheers was a non-event in France, oh, which wow. I kind of I, I started off by asking him a question because over the years, based on mail I get or don't get, money I make or don't make, I always had this feeling that Cheers just was never, you know, the UK, Spain, Germany, Italy, huge, France, nothing. He says to me, no. It wasn't, he says. He says, you know, uh, we don't, the sitcom is not, uh, we don't really believe, we like children's shows, but not sitcoms. Oh, he goes, man. He says, so Cheers was never, uh, it was never anything. So he, the whole thing was about, the whole interview was about Punky Brewster. Wow. And, well, but we'll, I, it, we'll steer it, it was a Punky, just to let yeah, you. Uh... It was a question I had, I had been wanting to ask somebody for 30 years. And it turns out it was just a, uh, Cheers was no big deal. Wow. wow. That's really Go figure. Yeah. The, one of my favorite things that you've written may fly a little under the radar. The I'll yeah. never get enough of you for air supply. And yeah. only because Russell Hitchcock, Russell Hitchcock is like the voice of the ballad. Um, and yeah, that's on, uh, the, on yeah. the one that you loved album with Here I Am, yes. What You Love. Yes, exactly. So exactly, yes. Th- th- to have that thrown in that is quite yeah. an accomplishment. How did your yeah. song end up in the hands of air supply? Well, you know, there's never any shortage of people taking credit for things. <laughs> there's one person said that their um, hairdresser, um, that my co-writer Jeannie Napoli, uh, one of my co-writers, and Judy Quay, one path was that somebody's hairdresser played it for their manager, and the other is that Charles Koppelman played it for Clive Davis for Barry Manilow. Oh, and okay. And Clive kept the tape and put it in his pocket, and Barry Manilow did not record it. But a couple of years later, we we were told that Air Supply was recording it. So I don't know the answer to your question. All I know is it got there. It got there. Um, the, the Clive Davis path is probably the more likely one. That's a but, that's a more fun story. It's, well, I don't know. Some people might like the hairdresser story. The hairdresser, somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody other than Russell isn't going to do it, it's got to be Barry Manilow, right? That's yes. the other voice. That's the other at way. The t- at that time, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that was what, uh, yeah, but I, I was thrilled to get that because it was right on the heels of their, you know, they were like hit makers at that point. It was on their second album. So I, I was thrilled to get that. And uh, it was almost a single. I'm so tired. I hate people in the music business who say almost, almost, almost. Uh, no, but no, it, but well, it's true. Well, it was almost a, a single. It, it, be, it became a hit in Japan. It was a top <laughs> 10 record in Japan. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's well, that's, it's in good company on that album. There were three top yes. five singles, so you're okay. Yes. You're okay. Exactly, yeah. No, I was, really, I was really happy about that because it got me through some years that were not <laughs> challenging. Well, you've got some other solo stuff too that I'm sure our yeah. listener might not our listeners may not be as familiar with. Keeper yeah. someday from pushing 60 uh, from pushing yeah. 60. Rob and I are pushing 40. So we Oh, uh, we my, kinda... you're so f-ing lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got it's got a it's got a great line in there the love is the antidote for hate and I fear I only hope. That's so yeah. so you're such a good oh, writer. Lyrical genius. I mean even the imagery you use in the cheers theme. Thank like, you so much. It seems like every 3 or 4 years I just get this urge to write. And I, I, you know, I, I really consider that I stopped writing decades ago, but I have this agreement with uh, God, which is that I may not be writing or trying to write, but if something comes to me, I will not push it away. That's great. And it seems like every three, four, five years, for whatever reason, stuff starts coming to me. So I have to honor my covenant. So I, I start writing it down and, you know, so I seem to find myself in the studio, but I can honestly tell you, 
that I do, you know, my attitude is I'm doing it for me and I'll be so thrilled if anybody ever actually listens to it or hears it. Like you just quoted a line from that song. Like, yeah, and that's very know. deep in the song. So that's proof that I listened. It's not, yeah, I've listened. I'm telling you that really got to my heart. But, um, so yeah, so I've put some stuff down, uh, going back to like 2004. So I, I think one, two, I don't know, three or four CDs. And um, I'm, I'm glad I did them. When you do something for yourself, it's, it's, it's a whole other, you know, you're not worrying about um, who's going to like it, who's going to turn it down. I don't even promote them. I don't, I don't even, the last CD I did, Pushing 60, I never told a soul I did it. I put it on Spotify, you know, I put it out into the world and I said, go and have a life and whatever life you have, I'll be happy for. I never even told family or friends that I did it. Well, there you go. For your family and friends that are listening to you today, it's there. we just uh, threw it out there for you. So we'll, <laughs> go we'll, there. we'll be your promoters it's there. there for me. It's there. <laughs> uh, one last question that we ask everybody, Gary, you've been so yeah. kind with your time. I hope you've enjoyed oh, yourself, sure. but uh, we got one last one that we ask everybody. Yeah. You're on tour yeah. and you go to a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. Um, I get a Three Musketeers bar. Um, when I was growing up, my mom said you can have any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces for the money. So I get a Three Musketeers bar. What is your gas station snack food of choice? I'm vegan. I don't eat white sugar. Okay. I don't eat. It's I. I probably those overripe bananas by the cash register. Okay. Okay. Oh, because because I love a good overripe banana. Because I can't find. You know, it's re, it's really really hard with my diet. It's to, that, uh, that and a bottle of water, right? Back in the day, it would have been uh, Twinkies. Okay. I, and I wouldn't, with a shelf life of 10 years, and I wouldn't have bothered me. <laughs> wouldn't have bothered me one bit. But Well, well said, Gary. So that's my answer. There you go. Well, man, you have well been said, so much fun. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, Two awesome. interviews back to back today. It's back to back days. So yeah. you're, uh, you're, you're picking up things. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for reaching out. I appreciate it. Have and a, uh, Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. All the best. All right. Bye-bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Gary Portnoy, songwriter extraordinaire, TV theme man for the ages, the guy who wrote your favorite TV theme song, the one that we all love the most, um, and who fits so much emotion into like a 30-second thing. It's almost impossible to even imagine. So, Gary, thanks for your your work in the zeitgeist. And, uh, I mean, how many people around the world have sung that song? You know what I mean? How many people around the world watched Cheers and knew that song? It's wild to think about. It's crazy. This this 30-second piece of work that so many people know. It's like creating um it's like creating a jingle for an for an ad campaign, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like being the guy that wrote by men in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like <laughs> give me a break. Give me a <laughs> right? break. Except better, yeah. right? It's more complicated Bye than minute. that. But, Why did you, you know, pick that? Okay. I don't know. It's just the one that popped in my head first. You know. We're going to be doing some jingles. Stay, stay back. <laughs> that would be great, dude, if we did a whole episode We're going to do an episode the, on the jingles. The and jingle. <laughs> uh, all right, so next week, we're changing plans. Forget movie <laughs> madness. All right, we'll be, next, we'll be back next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. Five minutes. <laughs>